now's the time to lean into what God's doing in the world. We're standing, we're giving birth right now through these contractions. We're giving birth to a whole new era. Let's step into it. Let's see what God will do in the years to come. So, yes, the kingdom of God is absolutely central to, to everything I'm doing. I think, you know, Kingdom Strategies, that's the podcast we're launching. It's about strategies for the family, for churches, for businesses, for governments. It's about strategies for how to live out the kingdom of God. This is Charisma Connection on the Charisma Podcast Network. I'm Chris Johnson. Today we have with us Pastor Steve Pixler. Pastor Steve describes himself as a writer, speaker, and strategist. That last part is important because he's starting a new podcast on our network called Kingdom Strategies. So hopefully that will come down the pike soon. He's based in Mansfield, Texas, in the Dallas area, where he and his wife, Gina, are lead pastors at Freedom Life Church. That's a non-denominational, spirit-filled church that they founded. And they also have six children, so it's a busy household, to say the least. Pastor Steve, welcome to Charisma Connection. Thank you so much. It is an honor to be with you. And the honor is ours, for sure. Now, let me say that the most helpful question of the show may be, how do you handle having six kiddos in the home? (laughs) (laughs) Well, six kiddos and a new dog that we just got yesterday, as if we weren't already busy enough. So, yeah, six kids. We have from uh, 23-year-old daughter, 20-year-old daughter, 14- and 11-year-old sons, and then we have that surprise double blessing that came right at the end of all of that, our seven-year-old twin girls, Anna and Ella. Oh, twins. How about that? Yes. Yeah, it was quite a shock, quite a surprise, but it's been the greatest blessing. They've actually been, we had three different separate prophetic words when we were carrying them that they would be assigned to us of God's double blessing. Uh, People that independently of each other gave us those words, and that has been so true Over the last seven years, we've walked through very difficult transition in our personal life and ministry and all of that, and they have just been such a joy and such a blessing through that time. But yeah, balancing, you know, family life and ministry and all of that, it's it's a constant juggle. But I've really, um, of course, family is always top priority, and we just kind of, my wife and I have said we just kind of roll with the crazy, just kind of let the rhythm of life carry us a little bit. And we tend to flow with it and just try to, you know, see it as an adventure and really mainly just spend a lot of time with those kids and and just let them be a part of everything we're doing. We're church planters. Our kids are very involved in that. And that's kind of been how we found our rhythm. You know, it's a dance. We don't get too stressed out about it. Don't try to live too perfect. I think that's been a huge part is just not being perfectionist and just rolling with the the fun of life. Yeah, that that is a great life lesson right there. Yeah, yeah. And what kind of dog? So it is a Great Pyrenees, which if you know, is the size of a small horse. So, (laughs) (laughs) So we have this huge dog that has now invaded our space. She is so mild and laid back. And our kids are loving her. We've been wanting one for a while and just found the perfect. She's a, she's a, um, an adoption dog. She was found recovered from an abusive situation. And 
so we are just really loving her and our kids are enjoying that. So it's, it's a, it looks like it's going to be a really good fit for our family. Ah, that's wonderful. Yeah. Now, I love the name of your church, Freedom Life. Why did you name it that? And did you hire a marketer to help you brand your church <laughs> the right yeah, way? Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, what we did is when we were getting ready to launch, we had pulled together what we called our launch team. We pulled together a group of people. And out of that, we had a lead team that we'd put together of about eight or 10 people. And we just started getting together and saying, okay, you know, who are we? What are our values? What, what drives us? And just with our story and our background, what we've walked through with our, our religious history and all of that, freedom was a, a major value to us. And so we started working with the phrase, we want to help people find their way into freedom for all of life. And it was like, well, there it is. That's, that's who we are. You know, our goal is to help people find their way into freedom, you know, truly being free in Christ, finding inner healing, uh, becoming freedom, freedom carriers, you know, bearing that into the world. And so really the name just came out of it sort of emerged out of, you know, what we were describing as who we are was we were, you know, big whiteboard, all kinds of different ideas. And that's just what really emerged. And then we did actually, uh, work with, of course, we were working with a church planning organization as well, but we did, you know, work with some agencies like social media marketing, things like that, that kind of helped us refine our message a bit. But really just the the name it just came out of our experience and it's really our heart and passion. We've been going almost three years now and this September um, 13 will be three years. And that's just exactly what we've experienced, you know, has been helping people find their way into freedom for all of life. Well, that's that just is a great story to back up that name for sure. Now, I yeah. see on your website, which is stevepixler.com, and by the way, that's P-I-X-L-E-R. It has nothing to do with uh, animated movies or exactly anything like right. that. Exactly <laughs> right. Well, I have people ask me that all the time. So is this Pixar? And I'm like, yeah, I wish I'd be cashing the bigger checks, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Now, uh, Pastor Steve, I see that you came out of a history of oneness Pentecostalism. Would you mind yes. sharing your story with us about that? Well, sure. So if you know anything about a oneness Pentecostalism, it's sort of a, a branch off of the Pentecostal revival that happened out of Azusa Street. Somewhere around 1914, 16, during that time, there was a division within the group that eventually became the Assemblies of God, the Pentecostal Assemblies of the World, uh, several different groups that kind of splintered out of that revival that happened in the first part of the 20th century. One of the groups that came out of that were the Oneness Pentecostal groups, and they particularly emerged because they felt that the doctrine of the Trinity was you know, misrepresented who God really is, and then they also felt like that baptism had to be done you know, administered, invoking the name of Jesus only, and that this was essential to salvation. At least it became that later, that it was essential to your salvation. And then that the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking with tongues was also not just a, an empowering moment, but actually the moment when you're saved. And so these doctrinal distinctions obviously separated them from the larger Pentecostal movement. And so my family, back to my great-great-grandmother, 1916, became a part of that movement. 
and then my great grandfather, another grandfather, actually two great grandfathers, my grandfather, my father, and then myself. So I had a long history in the oneness Pentecostal movement. And I have nothing but but honor for my past. And I love my father's going on to be with the Lord. I love him, his his legacy, my my grandfather, uh, my great grandfather, all all of that history. I'm very, very grateful for it. But, you know, several years ago, I was, I'd been a minister in that movement since I was just a kid, really. I started full-time in ministry at 17, traveling all over the country, all over the world. And I just really started having serious questions about a lot of the doctrinal distinctives, not only the, those doctrines I mentioned, but also lifestyle standards that were very, very strict and really expressed an honest desire to be holy before the Lord, but ended up becoming very legalistic. So I really, you know, was walking my way through all of those things. And I just, I hit the point where over several years where I just didn't feel like I could in honesty continue to be a part of it. I was preaching a lot of conferences, selling a lot of music, a lot of books, going around the world. And I just felt like at some point, you know, I'm being dishonest here. I'm, I'm, I'm being, I'm being supported by a movement that I don't really believe in anymore. So I felt like I had to go talk to my dad. It was a very difficult conversation. He felt like I was walking away from my legacy, you know. And so we then entered into a a very difficult period. I was leading the church my father had founded in Fort Worth, Texas. I had to walk through that whole process of how do we transition through this? Do I just, you know, resign and walk away? Do I try to lead people through it? And about half of the congregation I was leading ended up wanting to walk with us through that. So we stuck with it for a while, ended up actually selling our properties there in Fort Worth and relaunching as a new church. So that's kind of our story. But that's how we ended up walking out of that particular movement. And when you leave that movement, it's very difficult, not only for those leaving, but for those that you leave behind. Breaks a lot of relationships. It's just a a heart-wrenching sort of thing. I actually did a YouTube series on my YouTube channel uh, called The Journey. And I did it for people who are walking through that kind of transition because there's so many lessons we learned through it. You know, we just almost didn't survive it. I mean, that sort of thing is so traumatic. It almost took us out of ministry altogether. You just reach a point where you're so bruised. It's like, I don't even know that I want to do this. And God was just so gracious and he kept us through it and he healed us through it. And he took us through times of unforgiveness and bitterness and, you know, things because it can become very, it can become very toxic as you walk through that. But God was very good to us and he helped us learn a lot of lessons through it. What's been amazing is I was well known enough in that movement that as we left out and even still to this day, you know, we have people contacting us regularly saying, how do we navigate this journey? And so I just say to anyone who may be listening, that's walking through any kind of transition like this, whether it's from our background or any other, that's a a very closed environment that when you leave it, you feel like you lose you know, all your relationships. I just want to tell you, cling to Christ, keep listening to his voice. He will guide you through it. You know, get connected with people who have been through it. Go to my YouTube and watch that series, the journey series, and see if it'll help you because I know God will, he will get you through it. But it is a long, slow walk through hell, and you just have to really believe God as you go through it. He'll carry you. Uh, that's reassuring to hear of your testimony and how God brought you through that. I mean, anyone who's ever 
left a church or denomination over doctrinal issues understands some of what you're talking about, but I'm sure because you were so entrenched in the ministry there and so well known, it was even more difficult for you. What what is that YouTube channel? It's actually you can you can find it by searching my name, Steve Fixler, but it's actually under the name of, of my ministry, which is Continuum Ministry. So if you just go to YouTube and search for my name, it'll it'll come up or you can look up youtube.com slash continuum ministries. Continuum Ministries. Yes. Okay, good. Yes. So today, Freedom Life, your church, is part of the Association of Related Churches, or ARC. Are you finding that to be a very supportive relationship? Well, what ARC is, is it's a church planting organization. So they, um, they're out of Birmingham, connected with Church of the Highlands, and there's several different very prominent mega churches that have really gotten behind ARC. And they, they plant churches all over the world. They've planted, I think at last count, over 900. So they do a lot of church planting. And what ARC does is they help you refine your kind of your launch process. So what we did is once we were approved by them, and they're very rigorous, it's like you're like going through an FBI background check just to be approved. So you have to go through a marriage counselor has to sign off on your marriage. Your finances have to be reviewed just on every area of life. They're really good at screening who they support. And so when you do that, then you get approved, you go to their boot camp. It's a three-day boot camp, at least it was when we did it, a three-day boot camp in Birmingham. And they take you through just all of these processes of, of how to successfully plant a church. Their goal is to get you to launch as big as possible with as many people there as possible because they feel that that gives you a better chance of, of surviving the whole launch process. And what they do is they, they put on the front end a lot of the work that church planners do after they start. So most church planners will launch on a Sunday, then start all the hard work of trying to build a church. And so they actually teach you to take about a year in advance and do a lot of that groundwork up front, build your launch team, raise your budget, get all your, you know, all your ducks in a row before you launch. And they're really good at teaching people how to do that. So that's what we've derived from ARC, and that has been our, um, you know, a real strength for launching. Now, since we've launched, we've also become, we were a part of Churches in Covenant, which is Covenant Church out of Carrollton, Mike Hayes. They had an organization of churches. We were a part of that as well. And then we've since then actually joined, uh, joined Bethel Leaders Network. We've kind of connected with Bethel Church in Reading, and that's been a great, that's actually where we have probably found more connection just in terms of fellowship and support and really just kind of walking with you on the journey. Wow, you have some great connections to uh, help you launch into the future for sure. And as someone who's been part of a church plant that actually closed after, what, six, seven years, even with some support, I can understand what it means for a pastor to actually start a church and to need all of those different kinds of support that you mentioned. Oh, that's the truth. You know, and even with all of that, it's it's no walk in the park. You know, I mean, it's just a, a it's been a, a really you're just having to really slog your way through because even spiritually, in terms of just you know spiritual strongholds and just gaining dominion in your city and just all of those sorts of things, there's no boot camp anywhere in the world that does that for you. You know, you still have to pray it in. You still have to have intercessors. You've still got to gain that 
level of dominion in the city that actually gives you the breakthrough that's needed. And so that's what we've seen happen over the last three years. Every year has almost been like a, a completely new level of breakthrough for our church. And we've actually just, we've seen the prophetic really develop and be released in our church. We've seen prayer. It's like we've really been laying bricks, you know, and you just lay a row at a time. You just keep laying a row after row. And, and eventually it grows. You know, it, you look back and you say, oh, wow, we got a wall, you know, but it, it really takes time and it's brick by brick. Hmm. Well, along with being a pastor and a church planter, you're a content creator. At least that's what I would call you. You've got music and books. And in the past, you've done some music, you've done some CDs. Did that come out of a role in worship in the church? Yeah, it actually did. I was My father founded the church when I was nine years old in Fort Worth, the church that I later served at as, as a senior pastor. And that environment of you know, back then, boy, he didn't do ARC at all. You know, we launched hardcore home missions, you know, just a few <laughs> families and, and just dug it out, you know. But what that did is that gave me an opportunity. You know, we didn't have a worship team. that We didn't know anything about that sort of thing. It was just, you know, can do you have an instrument? Can you plug it in? Do you know how to tune it? And can you play three chords? That was kind of the basic idea. <laughs> <laughs> and so from that and in that environment, you know, just as a kid, I started learning music, played the drums, the bass, the guitar, ended up on the on the piano, on the keyboards, and that's where I stayed. And so that's where I began to learn music. And of course, that environment I was raised up in was very Pentecostal, very gospel-oriented. So when I started learning music, um, it ended up pushing me into a very gospel-oriented music, R&B, jazz, blues, that kind of thing. And so that's what I ended up developing. If you hear any of my music, it's very different than, say, you know, that what's uh, popular now as far as worship music, which I love. But the music that I do tends to be very much more New Orleans, very rootsy, very bluesy jazz kind of stuff. That's what I really, really enjoy. I think Harry Connick Jr. or something like that. That's kind of my sweet spot. And so obviously... Oh, interesting. And I, I hear that yeah. nice deep voice in your speaking, so <laughs> that yeah. probably comes you through on that. your singing, too. Yeah, you get that little growl in there, you know, all of that. But <laughs> it doesn't translate well into, you know, worship music today. So mm. when I was a kid coming up, that was the way we did worship. I mean, it was very very eclectic, but mm -hmm. now things are very different. And so I don't really do much as far as in worship, you know, like in our church, now I don't lead worship. I'm not involved in any of that at all, but I still do some music. I'll do some on Facebook live or on YouTube, or when I travel some and speak out, I'll, I'll do it if they want. But, uh, but back in the day when I was doing all that with my former denomination, and we went all over the world, we did concerts in Europe and Norway and Spain and Germany England, Ireland, Wales, we did, and we would, what we would do is we would take my music, especially in Europe, I went to South America as well, but especially in Europe, they love gospel music, even people who don't uh, proclaim to be Christians, and they love gospel music, so we would use that as an outreach, rent a music hall, do a concert, share the gospel, and boy, that was, that was so much fun. Hmm. That reminds me of a mission trip I took once, we had a, uh, a band that was uh, professional, and then there were the rest of us who sang. <laughs> but uh, I remember going to a small town in France and, you know, putting on this concert where, you know, the biggest hit was probably, why should the devil have all the good music? <laughs> <laughs> 
That's great. Little, little Larry Norman, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> well, Oh Happy Day. You remember the old um, yes, yes. Edwin uh-huh. Hawkins song, Oh Happy Day. That, from what I was told, is the most popular song in Europe mm, throughout many right? of those countries. Like, Oh Happy Day. Yeah, it's a big deal. And gospel choirs go over huge in a lot huh. of those countries. So that was really neat to see. Yeah, I didn't know all that. Yeah. Well, uh, let's turn to your books. You've done a few books, and your latest is called Get in the Game. And I find yes. that to be an interesting title, considering what's going on right now in the news <laughs> with sports and well, protests. <laughs> sort of prophetic, without even meaning to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. Um, I don't think that's what you were referring to. So what, Not at all. <laughs> what exactly, where did that title come from? Well, I was actually... Um, I'd been doing a series here in our church and had just been talking about you're not a spectator, you're not an observer, you're not a victim. You know, stop sitting in the stands complaining about the outcome of the game. You know, quit throwing your popcorn at the players. You know, get on the field. You're not an observer. You are you have a role to play in the outcome. You can pray, you can, you know, you can lean into prophetic words, you can you, you have a role to play. So that's the basic idea of the book is get in the game. God has determined that he works through people and he works through process. That's just how he works. And it's not going to work any other way. And so he has chosen the heavens belong to the Lord, the earth he's given to the children of men. He works in our world as we, in so many words, grant him permission. And I don't mean that to undermine God's sovereignty, but I mean it to say that's what God has himself chosen to do is that he works in the world as we pray, as we invite him, and as we partner with him and cooperate with him. So get in the game is all about that. It's about coming into alignment with God, getting in tune with what he's doing, and actually cooperating with him to bring you know, the kingdom into the world and see transformation in every realm of life. Well, it seems to me that your vision and calling is really tied to kingdom teaching. Am I right about that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's what I eat, breathe and sleep, you know, every single day. And I have for, you know, 25 plus years. And what's interesting is I actually came from an environment where that aspect of the kingdom of God bringing transformation in the world was not emphasized. In fact, it was a little bit controversial. You know, I would be kind of pulled on the carpet every once in a while and told to kind of calm down the whole kingdom talk. But I couldn't because it burns in me. And I really believe that it's what God is doing in the world. Like right now, here we are in the middle, COVID-19, all of the protests, the rioting, all the things that are happening, as you mentioned, with sports, with everything that's going on right now. And people are panicking and saying, you know, it's the end, it's the end, it's the end. And I, I see Christians even throwing their hands up and just saying, you know, come and get us, Jesus. Take us out of this. This thing is just going to hell in a handbasket. It's a lost cause. My polished brass on a sinking ship. Get us out of here. And I'm and I'm over here saying, no, 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 no. This that we're experiencing right now is such clear evidence that our enemy is panicked. He's mm. totally panicked. He's like a cornered rat that's absolutely furiously, fiercely trying to defend his last, you know, Custer's last stand here. Now's not the time to bail. Right when the church has an advantage, let's press it home. Let's move into what God is doing in the world. There's such a shift happening. What God's doing in Iran, what God's doing in China, what God's doing even just today. I shared on Facebook a post from Kenosha 
Wisconsin, where there's revival breaking out right where all the violence has been. It's happening last night and today. Now's not the time to bail, but now's the time to lean into what God's doing in the world. We're standing, we're giving birth right now through these contractions. We're giving birth to a whole new era. Let's step into it. Let's see what God will do in the years to come. And so, yes, the kingdom of God is absolutely central to to everything I'm doing. I think, you know, Kingdom Strategies, that's the podcast we're launching. It's about strategies for the family, for churches, for businesses, for governments. It's about strategies for how to live out the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God works by love, not power, which means we don't seek control. We seek influence, and influence comes through serving in love. And when we walk that out, it changes. We become, we become Daniels and Josephs. We become consultants to people with, with power, and we stand by them, and we become prophets. You know, we become priests. We, become, we stand alongside, and we, we help these people walk into literally seeing the kingdom come in their metron, their area of influence. I feel like that's my assignment as a pastor. In fact, one of the things that's, that we do at Freedom Life that is absolutely central is we see our Sunday services as a kingdom training exercise. You're here to worship. You're here to encounter the presence of God, to experience heart change, to be equipped in your gifts and callings, and to be empowered to make a difference in the world. That's what you're here for. And when you leave on Sunday, you should walk away measuring the success of that service in terms of did I encounter God? Did I experience heart change? Was I equipped in my gifts and callings? And was I empowered to go out and live out the kingdom in the world? Like I said, I think this is part of your vision and calling. <laughs> yes, it is. Absolutely. I mean, wonder, wonderful perspective, especially on what we're going through right now uh, in the world yes. with this pandemic. Yes. Would you yes. like to pray for our listeners as we close? I mean, especially for those of us who feel like we still need to get in the game. Yes, I certainly will. Father, I first of all just want to say thank you for the opportunity to share today. And I want to thank you even for our experience and our story that gives a framework within a testimony of what you can do for others. And we know that every testimony carries within it the power to reproduce the miracle. So I pray right now for anyone walking through transition, as we've talked a bit. I pray for those who may be planting a church or starting a business. I pray for those who may be launching a family, a marriage. I pray for anyone walking through the early stages or walking through transition anyone who may be completely flustered by what's going on in the world right now, anyone who may be feeling fear and anxiety, if they're feeling any sort of panic, in the name of Jesus, I break that spirit off right now. And I just release in the name of Jesus the spirit of peace that goes beyond all understanding. And I just release strength right now to engage. Father, I pray for those who've lost heart, those who've lost heart that they would be reheartened, as it were, that they would encourage themselves in you. They would know how to rediscover the possibilities and the sense of divine hope that comes from you. I declare it. I release it in the name of Jesus right now. I release hope into the hopeless. Bring heart to the disheartened. Father, empower us and anoint us to get in the game. We all have a role to play. Help us play it well. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Amen. I love that. Lost heart. Huh. Yes. You're making me think there with your prayer. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, your website once again, stevepixler.com, correct? Yes, that's correct. Steve is Steve, yes. and Pixler is P-I-X-L-E-R. I thought we better spell it. stevepixler.com. Thank you so much, Pastor Steve, for being with us today and for sharing your insights and your life. And I'm sure people will want to go to your website and also check out your podcast when that comes to the Charisma Podcast Network. So thank you. Well, thank you very much for your time and just for giving space uh, for new voices and for all you guys do. I pray great blessings on you and your family and on Charisma and just all you guys are doing for the kingdom. It's amazing. (laughs) We appreciate that. I'm Chris Johnson. You've been listening to Charisma Connection. And be sure to check out all of our new podcasts on the Charisma Podcast Network. That's at cpnshows.com, cpnshows.com. And on behalf of producer Adelie, I say thanks for listening today. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible. 